This is Let's Get Real with your realtor hosts, Mallory Myers and Rob Calabro, talking real life and real estate. All right. Welcome in from the Buckeye State to the Sunshine State. This is Let's Get Real. What's up, Mallory? How you doing? Wow, I'm good. It sounded like a fight night. I know. You I was, the intro. I like I'm it. I'm super amped up for this show. We have so many great topics. I just we do, we do. Let's feel jazzed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we dive into that, what's new with you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I kind of had a staycation. Um my best friend Katie came to town for about a week and a half. Um, maybe just about a week. And with the birthday celebrations after I you know, I'm ready to be back in the groove, ready back on the, you know, the working routine, the health routine, you know, back in my groove and routines. So uh, it feels good. This week feels good. We're back at it. Um, so just trying to, to grind out and refocus on my goals and my pipeline. Um, you know, like they say, if you're out of, if you're on vacation, that's when everybody needs you. That's when business comes. Um, so just kind of making sure that I have everybody nurtured and, and, and where they need to be. So just doing all that kind of fun stuff. Cause it is slowing down. I mean, not Mm -hmm. slowing down, but it is slower right now just because it's summertime. And that Mm -hmm. is when things kind of start to take a little bit of a pause when clients start to take a little bit of a pause. So Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that last week by not having to really work super hard while my friend was in town. I saw you guys were at like a some like really famous hotel or something, right? Yeah, we went and we stayed at the Don Cesar Hotel, which is like was built in 1928, I think, um, and has been in a couple movies. And um, it was beautiful, beautiful hotel. Um, they totally redid like the lobby bar and that was really classy and fun. So definitely enjoyed it. Good. Uh, yeah. Um, you're right. The market is like uh, slowing up a little bit. Um, it's still very strong sellers market from what I'm seeing for the most part, but there's a little bit of a dip going on and certainly part of it's due to interest rates, right. uh, which we're going to get into that here in a little bit. So a couple topics we're going to hit on today. Um, the question I got a lot, uh, I've gotten a few times recently that we're going to talk about is, um, should you sell or rent out your house if you're looking to get into real estate investing? Kind of talk about maybe some ways that I look at that as whether it's a good or bad opportunity for you specifically. Um, then um, how, um, how do you put your clients first? We had a question uh, that I'm going to read talking about um, how we can make sure that as, a, as agents that we're focusing on our client's best interests versus making sure the deal closes, which isn't always yeah. the, the right thing to do. And then yeah. the last topic we were going to talk about is, um, should you buy right now with the way that inflation is? Yeah, um, really good so, topics. Yeah, a lot of interesting, a lot of like uh, things that I've been just talking with people about and hearing about recently. So, um, all right, should we dive in? Let's dive in. All right. Um, so the question is, should you sell or rent your house? And this came, uh, this uh, topic came to me because I have a client who's got uh, a, pro- a very nice home that they are, they're being relocated. They're looking at um, moving out of state with their company and they're, they would like to have some real estate investments. So they're wondering if this is the best thing to do is to just go ahead and rent out the property, keep it as an investment property, and then buy their next property in their next location and just go from there. Uh, which I, you may or may not know this, but the first rental property I ever 
bought was actually a primary residence that I bought for myself and then converted it into a rental. And it is one of my best uh, performing rentals that I have in my portfolio. So yeah, so it's definitely not a bad idea. It's not a bad concept to do, but, but the question is, is it the, you know, is it the right decision for you as an individual? Um, So I have kind of a formula that I look at. Um, Are you familiar with this concept? Have you ever had anybody else ask you about something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it really does depend on the seller and the person's situation. Um, I think if the person wants to have an investment property and they're going to just get a different property locally, um, I think that in using it as a rental or an Airbnb is a great idea. I mean, you're close, you know, you're still local to be able to manage it if, if you really need to jump on it for any reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and prices are only going to go up. So, I mean, you're, you're going to end up making money if you sell it down the road. Um, so if it's not a great time to sell at the moment, you know, you at least have it as a rental. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's many opportunities. You can have it as a year long rental, short-term rental, Airbnb. I mean, you can make so much more money as a short-term rental. Um, so you have different options there in, in my opinion, but yeah, we definitely get that. I think if somebody was moving out of state, that might be a little bit harder to have as a, as a rental. Yeah. I mean, it does depend on your appetite for like, what is your expectation? How mm-hmm. much work has to go into this? Right. Um, so, you know, when I'm evaluating a property to see if it's a good deal for me to buy, I'm looking at a cash on cash return, which is basically a percentage of the amount of money I'm going to make back in, in a year based on the investment I make. And I look at it the same way when I'm advising whether somebody should convert their existing home into a rental or take sell it, get the money, the proceeds out of the home and, and reinvest that either in another piece of real estate or in another investment somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing I look at is try to help them go through an evaluation of uh, how much money, how much equity do they have in the property? If we were to sell your house today, how much would we get for it? And of that amount, what, you know, how much money are you actually walking away with after closing costs, after paying off your mortgage and all of that? Um, and this particular client, they, they stood to make about $150,000 of, of proceeds after closing, which is wow. a significant amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and it's a big house, a very nice house. We, I'm figuring they're going to make um, after their payment. So, they owe around 20 or they, their payment is about $2,500 a month. I think they can rent it for 35 to $3,700 a month. And that's a pretty good spread. A thousand dollars a month is a really good spread, but because they're relocating out of state, they're going to have to hire a property management company. They're going to have to pay for maintenance and they're going to have to account for capital expenditures. And when I help them factor those items in, it really only worked out to be about four fifty to five hundred a month, which yeah. is still good. That's still, still really strong. Yeah. But remember this: we're 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 evaluating that against one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars of equity. So if you right. do the percentages, it only works out to maybe three percent cash on cash return. Yeah. Um, now you still have to factor in your appreciate your rate of appreciation, which. Over the last three to five years, the rate of appreciation has been astronomical. It's been 
10, 15% or higher in some locations. Yeah, 25%. Yeah, I, mean, so, I think it was here. Yeah. So, but most economists are predicting that it's going to, the rate of appreciation is going to decrease going forward, maybe back to something more normal. And historically, homes have appreciated around three to 5% mm-hmm. or so, maybe a little bit more in certain areas. Right. But let's say you're getting 5% appreciation and three to 5% cash on cash return. That's still an eight to 10% cash on cash return. That's a pretty good number. It's not uh, groundbreaking. Like you, you can find other investments that you get a higher return, but you, that's a really solid investment. So then you have to evaluate what's your appetite for wanting to own a rental property, how much yeah. work is going to go into it, and or you know what are your other options with that uh, amount of money? You have a lot of options. So um, that's kind of how I look at it. I think that uh, it, it, that number would change obviously significantly depending on how much money, how much equity you stand to make. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it really is case by case. You know, it, it really just depends. I know a lot of investors like, you know, for example, here, oh, you know, I want a rental. I want um, an investment property. Well, investment property is, you know, a big word for many different ways of using it. And there are, you know, a lot of costs in, like you said, into coming into the home, whether it's a property management company, maybe there's maintenance, maybe there's all those other things that, you know, fees that come with that is, are you going to be profiting enough from your mortgage payment to your profit and the mm-hmm. expenses to upkeep it? Yeah. Um, and just to give out some figures, like for anybody who's thinking like, how do we calculate those expenses? Um, my rule of thumb for property management is anywhere from $80 a door to up to 10% of rents. Um, if it's a single family home that has landscaping and, and other things, it's probably going to be on the higher end. If it's a condo, it's probably going to be on the lower end. Right. Um, and then I usually factor in about 9% for maintenance, um, 9% of rents for rate maintenance. And then uh, capital expenditure is really hard to figure out. It depends on how old the roof is, how old the mechanicals are, and you try to calculate um, how much time you have until you need to replace those big mm-hmm. ticket items and then factor that in You know, over time. A, a rule of thumb might be somewhere in the range of 5%, but it really depends on the property. So all of those things together, you could be looking at 15 to 20 or 25% of your rents to go towards covering expenses involved with maintaining and managing the property. Yeah. So for clients listening or especially real estate agents, um, not everybody works with these kinds of clients. And I'm going to be real honest. I never work with these kinds of clients. I don't work with people who really are investors that, you know, the like I know all those numbers, like the top of my head, I don't. Um, and that's okay. If, even though we want all business, we want to take care of all clients. We want to take care of, you know, but you, anybody that comes to you says, Hey, I want you to be my real estate agent. It's okay to admit you don't know something. And I, for me, it it pains me, right. To be like, Oh, like, of course I want to, you know, your business, but at the same time, I am not confident in what I'm selling you because I don't know the numbers and the gains and like all this stuff like you do. Cause I don't, I'm not, an investment specialist, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like for real estate agents, 
utilize another real estate agent who does work with that and maybe work for referrals or split commissions and say, Hey, this guy, awesome guy. I really would like to work with him. What do you think about partnering up and working with him? And you can help with the numbers and I can like do the relational part. Cause I know a lot of agents who do not love the BS of, you know, um, the relationship side, they just like the numbers. They like the sales. They like, Mm -hmm. and they're good at the numbers. They're good at all that stuff. And I'm good at the other things. So it could make a really great partnership. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and honest with that client and say, Hey, I would love nothing more to help you, but this is not my specialty. However, my friend Rob, it is his specialty. Would you mind if we work on this together so that we can help you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was actually what first came to mind when you first started uh, mentioning that is that sure there's somebody in your office or maybe just a friend that in the industry that you could cooperate with to make sure the client is getting 100% of the best possible knowledge and information right. about that specific, you know, scenario. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, unless you're in it and really working with it, you're not really looking at that kind of stuff. I get asked about the numbers for like my off-market property. I'm like, I'm going to have to get back with you because I have no idea. <laughs> and I hate saying that because I want to be the expert in every single thing. Yeah. Um, but that's just, you know, how it is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that just comes with it, experiencing that, like, you right. know, this, pro- like this property that you're dealing with that has a bunch of repairs and things, you're going to be so much more knowledgeable the next time one of those deals, one of those opportunities comes up. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I am going to ask the agent to share with me the quote and kind of the stuff that they maybe had just because if, if she can, because mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, the roof is new. The AC is new. The water heater is new. It just needs like a little bit of a gut, new floors, all that. So I'd be mm-hmm. super curious to see what her quotes were. Yeah, I kind of like to see him myself and <laughs> tell you what yeah. I think. Um, and that's a, that's kind of a good leeway into that next topic. Yeah, I was just going to say that brings <laughs> us to the, to the next question. Okay, so um, this question, uh, I'll read the question and then we'll kind of give the backstory. Um, so this is from an agent who is a little bit less experienced than you and I are. It says, um, how do you guide and coach your clients towards their stated goals without pushing them too hard and putting your interest of closing the deal above what they want in what is their best interest? Um, so in kind of the backstory on this is that we've seen a lot of headlines recently, especially as agents that um, the fallout rate of, of deals, contracts falling apart has gone up a lot over the last couple of months because as rates rise, things change for the prospective buyer and they, they may go into contract on a property with the mindset of, here's about what I should expect to, to pay. Um, and they find out that's changed a lot because the rate yeah. is a percent or two higher than it was when they first started looking. So, um, that is, that's all about educating your, you know, being educated and knowing, you know, at the time of going into contract, what your numbers look like. But the point is we've, we've seen more and more of that, um, happen lately. And, and where do we draw the line for how do we guide our clients without making, you know, with making sure that, that we're doing what's best for them over making sure that, that they end up closing on the house. Yeah. Um, and I think for this particular agent, the backstory was that he had had a client that backed out of a contract 
because of some personal issues that they ran into, not really having anything to do with mm. the house itself, but it just wasn't, it ended up not being the right move for them, you know? And his question is, well, they're not really terminating the deal because of the house. They're doing it because of other needs, but where do you draw the line and how do you help that person in that situation? Well, I mean, what can you do if somebody has a personal, you know, mm-hmm. thing going on in their life, they can't buy a home. You're not going to force somebody to buy a $450,000 house who can't or whatever that price point is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it is kind of, we've talked about it a lot of, of that expectation at the beginning, that mm-hmm. prep work. Um, you know, if somebody all of a sudden has to leave Florida because they have to go take care of their mother in Columbus and they're in the middle of a contract, but now their mother in Columbus is really sick. She doesn't have anybody up there. Now they have to move to Columbus because they have to be close to their mother. Mm-hmm. That's a personal life change that you probably can't buy a home right now. And that really sucks. That yeah. maybe happened when you are, we're starting to look or got under contract. Um, but it is something to really think about when you are moving into uh, that contract stage is, are you for sure, you know, does life look good? Are you going to keep this job? Are you, yeah. you know, going to be planted here? It, all of that kind of um, stuff, but also the cost of fixing it. And like we talked about with inflation and we talked about the cost of flipping a home now is a lot more than it was. And people are submitting these offers for these homes and then, then they get a quote to, you know, renovate the house and they're like, oh, that's way more than we want to spend and want to get out of the deal because they can't financially take care of that anymore. Yeah, um, that, that is, yeah, that's what we we're discussing a few minutes ago um, before we jumped on was you had a situation where the, the buyer is an experienced investor and they found out in the contract period that some of their numbers were off and they need mm-hmm. they needed the seller to reduce the price and the seller wasn't willing to do that and i respect yeah. the seller because they they are under the impression that they're dealing with somebody who understands but i i do understand the buyer's perspective in that yeah. construction costs have gone up significantly and there's just a lot more variables in doing property renovations now than there might have been a few years ago so i can see both sides of it yeah. um, if they're still in their their inspection period then they have the right to terminate that it's too bad that it worked out that way but they have the right to do that and that's typically the advice i give to most buyers when we go mm-hmm. into contract is we have our inspection period to do our due diligence. Yes. And it, we should do our due diligence on everything in that time period that we yeah. can, including getting your, your rough Quotes. figures for the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, this is just how it is. The best way to terminate the contract is during the home inspection period. Whether yeah. it's inspections or something else, that's just the cleanest way to do it. Um, ultimately, you want, you want to and you need to go by the guidelines of what's written in the legal contract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. but there's never a home inspection that's 100% perfect. So, you know, yeah, buyer, even new builds don't have, you know, 100% yeah. perfect inspections, just so everybody knows. Yeah, <laughs> definitely course. still get an inspection, even if you're getting a brand new build. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, it's it. I think it's really important to when you're submitting an offer for a house that needs renovated is to really just overestimate at this, at this time. I mean, yes, I, I think they got a really good deal by this off market property 
and the, and the price and everything. But if the buyer can't take it on, the seller can't drop because they have to net a certain amount to move to Jersey. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but definitely that inspection period, get your quotes, get, you know, the inspection. If there needs to be new floors, if there needs new windows, get anybody in there to quote that while you're in that inspection period. So that if it is too much to handle, you can cancel. Yeah. And it's better to know now. I mean, as an agent, if you know the buyer is getting cold feet and wants to walk, I think you're doing everybody a disservice if you let it continue to drag yeah. out until the end and then it, and it just blows, blows up. up. And, yeah. and, it, and then you probably put the seller at a worse you know, position and, and you probably put the buyer, you know, you made the buyer jump through a lot of hoops. So yeah. you have to let them identify the problems and ultimately make the decision that's going to work best for them. You know, I always tell my agents that work for me this, your job is to provide them all of the information, your job is not to make a decision for them. So, yeah. you know, give it's, them the information. You can give them your opinion with the caveat that they need to do their own due diligence and make the, the decision that's best for them. Yeah. I'm Again, we're real estate advisors. We are real estate experts. We are going to educate you. We're going to inform you. We're going to negotiate for you. Um, but it's ultimately your decision and what you're going to do. And we are going to stand by it. I mean, it might hurt. I mean, it might suck to be mm-hmm. having to cancel a contract and it's not fun to put a house back on the market, but we don't want anything that's going to be, you know, a mess. Yeah. Um, and it, it is what it is. We'll find another buyer. And I think it just works in really making sure if, if it is a house that goes back on the market to market that as clearly as you can, like seller has mm-hmm. to net 200k will you know will accept a 200k offer you know whatever it is but just being honest and upfront and really educating everybody will help everything else be a little bit smoother absolutely i mean like the the old saying goes like you're not going to retire on one sale so yeah. <laughs> you know and you you are going to you would much rather have the the contract fall apart and find a better situation for your client than uh, force them to close on it and then end up dealing with problems and regret yeah. later. It's going to be so much worse. So just from the agent's perspective, you know, you, you don't want to be in that situation where a client calls you a month or a year after closing with major problems. And it was right. something that you forced through um, that maybe should have just been terminated. No, no, never be, commission hungry. That's just not going to be a good business plan for you. Don't be money hungry. Yes. It might suck to lose a deal. It's happened to everyone. But if you just are only focused on that, you're never going to have like a great business. Yeah. I mean, and you just look at it as a number standpoint, like the the numbers I saw recently was uh, about 15% of, of contracts are falling apart. So as an agent running a business, you should account for that. About 15, you know, 10 or 15 or 20% of the the, um, deals that go under contract are going to go back on the market and I'm going to have to find another buyer or I'm going to have to find a new house for that buyer that I'm representing. It's just, you know, figure that in. Not everything is going to end up in a closing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, segue to the final topic that we have today. Um, So this question I saw on Keeping Current, which was um, just the headline was just 
with the way that uh, the market and inflation and home prices are inflating today, is it a good decision to still buy a home? Um, which we know there's lots of opinions on this. So broad question, what do you think? It, should buyers be in the market now knowing how high prices are and how much homes have been appreciating? Yes, absolutely. It's only going to go up. Okay. Yeah. And interest rates will come back down. Mm -hmm. um, statistically after a recession, they always come back down. Um, they, you know, get high to level some things out and then they'll come back down. So if you yeah. see a house, jump on it and then refinance, build that equity, pay that money to yourself when you buy a home. Um, cause the home prices will only go up as well. So yeah. either you're, you're paying more for the rate and more for the house or, you know, it, marry the house, date the rate. It's a really good time to buy, especially right now, because we're seeing on Friday, I saw 98 price decreases in my County alone, just on Friday, mm -hmm. just on Friday afternoon, 98 price decreases in homes in, in our County. Yeah. That's a huge amount. I mean, imagine if we submitted an offer on one of those, we'd probably get it, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, and, and there's a little bit more wiggle room. There's now sellers offering um, rate buy-downs. Mm -hmm. There's sellers offering opportunities to maybe get closing costs or some help now. So it's like a switch went off and buyers have a little bit more power now in this market. There's still low inventory. It's still a seller's market, but it's actually a buyer's great buyer's opportunity market. Absolutely. It's an opportunity. Um, I, the way I look at it is, um, are, are homes going to cost more on the whole next year and the year after than they do today? Yes. Mm -hmm. But are you going to see more opportunities, more one-off situations where you can negotiate a better price than, you know, now than you did three months ago? Yes, that's true as well. So it's not that prices are going to go down on a whole, like everything right. is going to drop. It's that you're going to find more situations where you can negotiate because, um, Somebody, you know, pe people are more likely to overprice their house right now. Uh, people right. are more likely to, you know, make the assumption that, that their house is going to sell for more based on what happened in the spring. And maybe they yeah. just get a little aggressive. And that's an opportunity for you to, to negotiate and get a better deal, especially if it sits yep. on the market a little longer. Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of agents aren't really paying attention to what the market's doing mm -hmm. and sellers are listing their house for what they thought they could get. And then they're like, holy crap, we have no offers. It's been a week, you know, so they now they're having a price. Yeah, and they panic. And it's just like, well, if you had somebody that's staying in tune with the market and isn't just going to price high because you know somebody will pay because it's not the case right now. Mm -hmm. Just because it's on the market doesn't mean somebody's going to buy it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think by and large, a lot of economists are predicting that we're going to continue to see appreciation. And if you look at the, uh, the, the supply of inventory, I mean, I know for, for us in Columbus, the month supply of inventory is below one month. And we mm -hmm. would say that anything below four months is a seller's market. So you're right. significantly below getting back to a balanced market, mm -hmm. let alone a buyer's market. We need yep. six months of supply of inventory to get to be a buyer's market. So it's, you're not quite there, but you are seeing opportunities. So yeah, you know, heading into the fall, you should be looking to buy. Rates have 
leveled out a little bit. Yeah. I think they're mostly like in the fives right now. Yeah. Um, if now I will say this, if, if they continue to climb and climb, I mean, who knows, but you know, at this juncture, if there are fives and sixes and you can negotiate a little bit of a discount on the price, then it seems like a great opportunity. And then maybe you refinance in a few years if rates get back to the fours or something. Right, right. I think that buying is just always a good idea. You're paying money to yourself. You're not, you know, paying somebody else's wealth. Rent right now is outrageous. It's outrageous what rent is. So you could probably get a pretty nice house for what you're paying for your mortgage, mm-hmm. um, for your rent. So I think that it really comes, again, we've talked about this so many times to so just touch base with the, your local real estate expert, touch base with, you, you know, you or I. And let us help get you in that path of success. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So uh, consensus is, yes, you should still yes. be looking. You should still yes. be intrigued and just following the market. Because, I mean, it, yeah. it can still take time. You don't, I always tell people, don't put yourself in a situation where you have to buy now. Right. Um, like, don't but, look now if your lease is up in 30 days. Yeah. But, you know, if your lease is up in December or January, you know, let's start the process and really get you there. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to touch on really quickly, since we kind of talked about renovation and inflations and all that stuff, if if your price point has changed because of the fact that the mortgage rate went up, that could affect your mortgage payment. So maybe that mm-hmm. did affect your price point. Um, maybe it affected the type of homes that you're seeing now for what you can afford. Maybe they're not as move-in ready. Maybe they're not, you know, super nice. Um, there are, there's programs like renovation loans that you can buy a home that needs work and have that wrapped up in your mortgage payment. So I, I, I would get creative. I would talk to somebody about that. Um, cause there are programs that can loan you the money for a home that needs work. Um, and so if you find the best, you know, uh, the crappiest home on the best block, buy it, you know, like, of course that the neighborhood's never going to change, right. The location seller, the home needs work Buy the home and then get it renovated and have that part of your mortgage. Yeah. I mean, I always, I know I mentioned earlier that, um, it's a little bit trickier right now to do renovations, but there's always value in, you know, getting a better deal and, fixing up a property, at least from my perspective, because I've done it so many times and it seems to work out. So obviously know your numbers going in, know what you're doing, but um, if you can get a better value, then go for it. There are um, lenders that I know that have, you know, FHA, conventional, VA, local lenders that um, can offer those types of programs. Again, it's program specific, buyer specific, but something that clients should look into and agents should look into as well. So that way, and also listings. I mean, I was educated by this lender and she said, listen, if you have a listing that you know might need work, market it as such, and then get a preferred lender next to you that can, Hey, I can finance you this home. We can Mm -hmm. make it look nice together. And then you can market to more buyers that way that have, think that they can have a chance of having this home and getting it renovated. Yeah, that's a great point. And maybe we'll see more of those opportunities, um, you know, going forward as rates continue to change and the market continues to change. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. 
Um, all right. Well, it's good to be back and recording again. Yes. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we head out? Um, I don't think so. I am going to find out if this deal is going to, I think it's canceled. So I have to um, just confirm all of that and then put it back out there and, and hope to sell it vacant um, very soon. Oh, did they already move out? They haven't yet. Um, I think the sun comes down Saturday to help them move out. And mm. it's always better to sell a vacant home, yep. just especially if they're 80 year old clients. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that'll make life a lot easier as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, have fun with that. And uh, <laughs> we will talk to you uh, next week. All right. Have a great day. All right. See you.